Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. And the arguments have wrapped this on this abortion case right now in front of the Supreme Court. First things first, this is not about getting rid of the right to abortion. That is not what is happening, and that wouldn't even be what happens if you got rid of Roe v. Wade. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it is so good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY, that's the number, 833-468-8669. I mean, I would ask, where are you uh, on abortion? But I, 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 think, I think I've got the, 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 the answer. I think I, I fully understand where you are. The question is, should Roe v. Wade remain? And my answer, which has been my answer for a great number of years, is no. Because Roe v. Wade is about whether or not states have rights. Roe v. Wade is about whether or not the Supreme Court engaged in a mistake which is deciding that the Constitution somehow allows for the right to an abortion. I dismiss a fair amount of claims, and I'm going to go through it right now. Understand this has all happened. This has all happened in the last uh, couple of hours. There are some things that I want to go through with you. The case that they are hearing is about a Mississippi case. The Mississippi law bans abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. It allows them only in medical emergencies or cases of severe fetal abnormality. This is different than the Texas case the te- or, the, or the Texas law. The Texas law was written as an end around. The Texas law says you, if there is viability, heartbeat, you can't have an abortion. But we, the state, we will not be enforcing this. Rather, people can enforce this through civil suit. I'm giving a very, very large, wide overview there, but but go with me. What the courts have ruled is that state enforcement of abortion laws, that's what is not acceptable. But individual lawsuits, well, we can't stop that. Now, can we? All we can do is clear a path for them to happen. So that's Texas. What's happening in... in, um, In in this case, the Mississippi Mississippi case is different. It's a little more in the standard view. It is indeed, as described, a challenge to Roe v. Wade. It focuses on whether this 2018 Mississippi law, which was blocked by lower federal courts because it would ban abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy and allow them in only these cases. One of the questions before the court is, this idea of viability. Why is there not? A, hey guys, why why can't we? If sorry you about own that. A home and you don't- why can't we simply decide what viable is? That's actually a question that was asked when they started coming up with Roe v. Wade and this idea of viability. Chief Justice Roberts asking the question, if you think that the issue is one of choice, that women should have a choice to terminate their pregnancy, that supposes that there is a point at which they have had the fair choice or the opportunity to choice. 
And why would 15 weeks be an inappropriate line? Viability, it seems to me, doesn't have anything to do with choice. But if it is really an issue about choice, why is 15 weeks not enough time? A solid and good question. Because the arguments that were made by Blackman and, uh, Blackman and others when, when they allowed Roe v. Wade, when they, when they said, yes, uh, you have this right, was the idea not only that the viability lasted a certain amount of time, that it would be wrong to put any other restrictions on a woman that would be, that would be an attack on her. So you have the United States, China, and North Korea that allow these very late-term abortions. Of course, they're celebrated in places like Virginia where they downright believe in infanticide under Governor Ralph Northam. He said it, not me. Don't get angry with me. Don't get angry with me because Ralph Northam said uh, that what you would do is uh, you, you'd make the baby uh, comfortable and, and, and you would... You would uh, then have a conversation and a discussion about what to do. He said the words. He said those words regarding a- abortion. That's, that's him beginning to end. So this is about whether or not 15 weeks is enough time. What the pro-choice uh, people, the pro-abortion people are saying is absolutely not. It, it's an absolute infringement. As a matter of fact, it takes away from a, a woman's uh, rights. According to one of the lawyers, abortion is critical to women's equal participation in society. This was the argument she made just earlier today in front of the Supreme Court. This is uh, from the Center of Reproductive Rights. Her name is Julie Reichelman. Mississippi's ban on abortion two months before viability is flatly unconstitutional under decades of precedent. Preserving a woman's right to make this decision until viability protects her liberty while logically balancing the other interests at stake. Eliminating or reducing the right to abortion will propel women backwards. Now, the question before us is uh, how does it protect her liberty? What is that specific argument that somehow saying 15 weeks as opposed to 30 weeks or 24 weeks or name your weeks, that's the difference between liberty and no liberty? That's an interesting conversation. And then, of course, the pro-life people ask liberty for whom is the question. Then there came the conversation from Chief Justice John Roberts. And the conversation from Roberts is one that makes conservatives scream out loud and a reminder of what an absolutely positively terrible jurist he is and what a highly political man that he is. And what he has said is there are a lot of cases around the time of Roe not of that magnitude, but the same type of analysis that went through exactly the sorts of things we would say were erroneous. If we look at it from today's perspective, it's going to be a long list of cases that we're going to say were wrongly decided. The Mississippi Solicitor General, his name is Scott Stewart, uh, say he's the one arguing for the state of Mississippi, said other controversial areas or once controversial areas are quite settled, clear rules, and don't have those considerations against them. This goes to the idea that the, the court's default position, regardless of the court, we're not just talking Supreme Court, we're talking about all the courts that we have, 
is not to overrule lower courts. It is the idea that you have respect for those courts and the decisions that they have made. And overruling only comes from some level of egregious mischaracterization, misnomer, mistake. So they're talking about the preservation of the court. When it's John Roberts, it smacks of radical politicalism. Because he's done this again and again and again. Do you know the amount of hoops you had to jump through? The, the, the mental masturbation you had to go through in order to get to the idea that if you thought of Obamacare as a tax, it's fine. When they told us explicitly it's not a tax. Wait, you want it to be a tax? It's a tax. It was always a tax. My mother thought it was a tax. My accountant thought it was a tax. Who didn't think it was a tax? All of a sudden, Barack Obama is Jackie Mason. It was a tax. I thought it was a tax. I knew it was a tax. Your mother knew it was a tax. How could it not be a tax? Everybody knows it's a tax. I don't know what a tax is. I put thumbtacks on the wall. That's the kind of guy I am. Who wants a sandwich? By the way, who thought they were getting Jackie Mason today? Try and get that on NPR. Hell no, not going to happen. But the political really came apparent with Sonia Sotomayor. Sonia Sotomayor did a one-two punch. First, she is now challenging the science of the idea that a baby in utero feels pain. Well, that's something. It goes to uh, an argument made by, by those people who are pro-life in the idea that we know more about life in utero and that there's clearly, uh, there's, there's uh, I forget the week where there are eyelids and fingers and, and, and the baby is making faces. And then there's when you can detect a fetal heartbeat and all these things. And her argument is virtually every state, she says, defines a brain death as death. Yet the literature is filled with episodes of people who are completely and utterly uh, plain shredded responding to, to stimuli. So I don't think that a response to, to, a, 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 to whether a fetus is alive necessarily proves that, that or, or that a response by a fetus is necessarily proves that there's a sensation of pain or that there's consciousness. So I go back to my question of what has changed in science to show that the viability line is not a real line, that a fetus cannot survive? The question here, I don't believe is really one about the science, but rather a conversation. And they, they, they dug into it a little bit. It was Samuel Alito who was giving uh, the, 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 uh, those in favor of, of abortion rights, uh, giving, giving them the business. And it was a conversation of exactly what has to change for an overturn to take place. Do you really need to provide and present new evidence in order to prove that a case can be overturned? Can you prove with, with time that a case was adjudicated wrongly because we have new evidence now? And they went right to uh, what I think is it. Plessy versus Ferguson, Brown versus Board of Ed. And the very idea of separate but equal. I mean, they could have got to Judge Scott for all I cared. The Supreme Court has gotten it wrong before. And Plessy versus Ferguson was the idea of separate but equal. And what we said is, that's not right. That is a fundamentally wrong decision from the court, which is something that they said, uh, if, if you will, in Brown versus Board of Education, which said, no, 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 you don't have separate but equal. That's nuts. 
But the conversation they were getting into was what changed between then and then, between these two cases, to make us say this doesn't work? And you could have said, well, you take a look at, at culture, you take a look at education, you take a look at, at poverty rates, you take a look at a million things, see if this doesn't work. This is not acceptable. This isn't how you treat Americans under the Constitution in these levels of separation. And we can't, as, as a federal government, allow the states to do such a thing, et cetera. But in the case of Roe v. Wade, the right was invented. It is not written. There is no right to abortion in the Constitution of the United States, and you cannot find it. So the argument that, that many will make is, why in the world do I now have to show you anything new? The case itself, Roe v. Wade, 1973, that was a bad decision. And so, therefore, we need to put an end to that bad decision. The argument that Sotomayor wants to make and the argument that the def- – I'm going to call it the defense. What do you call it? The, the people on the side of uh, – against the Mississippi law. I, don't, I forget what, 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 what their side is called. We'll call it the defense hot diggity. Thank you, Producer Ari. Their argument is you need to prove that something has changed in order to make this change, and you can't do it, so therefore you're not allowed to do it. Now, the court is absolutely positively allowed to do it, just so we're perfectly clear. I thought that was Sotomayor giving her side a boost. And if you say to me, she's a judge, she doesn't have a side, allow me. This is her comments talking about the possibility of overturning Roe v. Wade. Will this institution survive the stench that this creates in the public perception that the Constitution and its reading are just political acts? I don't see how it is possible. She's saying she doesn't see how the court overturns Roe v. Wade. The stench? The stench is in the actual decision. I am sure that Clarence Thomas, under his breath, was like, are you out of your damn mind? Are you nuts? Woman, please. Oh, oh, uh, definitely. Somebody get a camera on Clarence Thomas immediately, if not sooner. She made it political right there. She let her political position be known. When the court does not rule in favor of the Second Amendment. She doesn't talk about stench. And there is. There is, whenever that happens, a stench. So here we are now, looking at this case, looking at whether or not the state of Mississippi can ban abortions post a certain time period. Can that time period be changed. Now, there's going to be a response to this, people talking about it. There are going to be many things I missed. I, I, I will, we'll, we'll break it down throughout uh, the day. Also, uh, Chris Cuomo doesn't have a job unless, of course, it's just a vacation. It's good to be with you guys. I'm Tony Katz. Dr. Oz running for Senate. Why not? 
Look, 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 producer Ari. Don't tell me it's not the best use of his time. He's a celebrity and he wants to run for Senate, and that's what we do in the United States of America. If Oprah was running for Senate, you'd be saying, woo, and you get a vote, and you get a vote, and you get a vote. That would be that would be you, producer Ari, right there. Oh, totally you. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, great to be with you. Uh, he is running, saying that Americans are angry at our government and at each other. He's going to help us heal. We have not managed our crises as effectively as past generations. During the pandemic, I learned that when you mix politics and medicine, you get politics instead of solutions. That's why I'm running for the U.S. Senate, to help fix the problems. Uh, I wish him the best. I wish him the best. Let's see what happens. Let's see how this comes together. Let's see whether or not he withers under the strain. Uh, as for uh, the uh, candidacy of, of Matthew McConaughey, because as you know, Matthew McConaughey, he was rumored to be somebody running for governor. All right, all right, all right. Uh, that, that is not happening. That is that is not happening. All right, all right, all right. See, you can have either one you want. You can either have this one. All right, all right, all right. Or this one. All right, all right, all right. Just depends on if you're into the classics. He's not running. He's like, I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm I'm flattered, everybody. I'm flattered that you think of me, but that is just that is just not gonna go. Do you know how much money I make and I have no pressure on me whatsoever? Do you know how much weed I can smoke and no one says anything? What, are you crazy? Put on a tie every day? Forget it. So he's not running. You got Herschel Walker running in Georgia. You got Dr. Oz running in Pennsylvania. And he could win. I don't know what what his popularity is. I don't know what the take is. I'm talking about Oz in Pennsylvania. No, Herschel Walker in Georgia is is a very good chance of, of winning right there. I don't know where Oz is in Pennsylvania. Our problem is, is we've taken celebrity and we think that means talent. We think it means acumen. We think it means skill. And if you say to me, hey, you know, these guys, these are serious people, then why shouldn't they think Michelle Obama is a serious person? Why? why I mean, why not? They, uh, I'm just saying they like what they like, the, 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 the people. And we've decided that celebrity matters. It shouldn't matter as much. You want to hear about some COVID restrictions? Well, where the Biden team is at? You won't be going anywhere for Christmas. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. This is Tony Katz Today. that I said it first. I want it known that I said the words. I said that this administration is going to figure out more ways to lockdowns, more ways to live in fear, more ways to create panic, and absolutely they're going to make it impossible for you to go see Meemaw for Christmas. They're going to do it. And they're proving me right. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669.
But here, here, here is 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 the question. Um, exactly, what do you do if if you're told, well, if you want to get on an airplane, everyone has to be vaccinated, including those kids five and older. I mean, I mean, what, you canceling vacation? You gonna drive instead? I was joking on my morning show that what I need uh, clearly is uh, I need a private plane. I need a private plane, so so I need someone to uh, hook me up or or some service which which uh, which now wants to be a part of of Tony Couch today. We have a we have a fine fine uh, a listening audience, lovely people who all love private air travel. Woo As you know, producer Ari uh, flies private everywhere he goes. This is not true, uh, producer Ari. Dude, if I had a private plane, I'd be you'd never see me. Right. I'd be gone. Well, we'll miss you. No, you won't. That's true too. So I need myself a private plane. And that's the only way I'm, I'm going to get from point A to point B. Because in Biden's world, you can't get anywhere. This came out that U.S. officials, which means the Biden administration, they are considering requ- requ- requiring, there you go, Tony, everyone who enters the country to be tested for COVID-19 the day before the flight, including U.S. citizens and permanent residents, regardless of vaccination status. Can I share with you a weird thing that happened on the social medias. I so so Twitter is is is, is a hellscape and a disease. But I responded to someone today, and, and I was extremely rational. Oh, what are you rational? I, I, I follow it. A a guy who wanted to tell me that I'm somehow pushing a lie when I say that the vaccine doesn't stop COVID. But that's completely and totally fact. The vaccine doesn't stop COVID. It, n- n- not, not, not a second. What it does is it lessens the symptoms that you're dealing with. But you can still get COVID, and we've seen this, and you can still spread COVID. That's what the UK study is about. And his response to me, maybe it was a her, I don't know. Uh, the breakthrough rate of cases is around 3%, just like with the measles vaccine. Though the number is increasing slightly over time. And then follows up with this. I I swear to you, I cannot make these things up. I would have no way of doing it. Follows up with the following. Condoms prevent pregnancy 98% of the time. Do you say condoms don't pre- prevent pregnancy? Oh, it's not a very good argument, Pichari. It's a criminally insane argument. Do you know how out of your head, ridiculous, dopey you have to be to say those words? Everybody knows. Stop that. Everybody knows that a condom might fail. That is the risk that you take in the same way everybody should know that if you get the vaccine, you can still get COVID. I, that was not an argument to not wear a condom or not get vaccinated. It's not an argument to either one. It is a statement of fact. And here I've got some some doofus on Twitter. With, with, I don't it, it, whoever they are in their basement, whatever the case may be, arguing with me because I brought up something factual. But you know, uh, you know, you, you bring up something factual, but it's 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 not good for the cause. So therefore, therefore, bad you. Well, I brought up quite clearly that this administration is going to, with this Omicron variant, and it is pronounced Omicron. 
I, I I've got some people who are telling me that the Greek would be ah, it would be the it would be the the ah, and it would be it would be Omicron, and so I don't care how you pronounce it. That's that's basically it. It's Omicron. Did you hear Biden? With this variant, with this variant, um, they're getting so worked up as we know they are. They're focused on getting worked up. That now they're talking about testing people regardless of vaccination status and not only vaccinated before flight, be tested again after returning home and maybe three to five days after they land wherever it is they land. And then the idea of requiring vaccines and possibly boosters for flight. When I say to you, you got to have a strategy, you got to have a plan, you have to know what it is that you are doing for the holidays. I am not making this up, people. You got to have a plan. You have to know how you're going to go see grandma and grandpa. Now, let me talk about grandma and grandpa. My father... If my, if my mother is listening, she should call in. Diane. Diane, I don't know what you're doing. Stop what you're doing. Stop making my father lunch and call me. You know, your favorite son. My father is 83 years old. Now, I, I, I am here to tell you uh, that my father is fully aware that his whole life long, he did not think he would live to be 83. My father knows that he is a man who has beaten every level of odds there is. Every single day, every single way. He ain't complaining, but he's fully aware of it. And he is someone who is, uh, your parents get to a certain age and the mortality kicks in on them. And I won't lie, uh, the mortality to an extent has kicked in on me. As as a as a kid and as a young man, because of of, of the depression, or may, maybe maybe it was an offshoot, maybe it was a thing that led to the depression. Uh, however, you want to look at it, uh, I I had a weird weird obsession with death, and 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 a very uh, strange kind of relationship with it, and how I would let thoughts of that you know rule my head, and that went away uh, in 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 my, probably my late thirties as I worked through things. Lately, it's not, it, it's, it's not an obsession. It's not morbid. It is just a recognition that, okay, people my age die. People my older than me die. This is coming. And I'm of the age, and, and some of you know this, and some of you have already experienced this, and some of you will experience this. You're at the age where your parents start dying. It, it, it's, it's, it's just the way that it goes. The amount of conversations I have with friends, people I went to high school with, people I went to college with, uh, that it, it doesn't start with, so, so how are your parents doing? It gets to that. It's, a, it's now a part of the conversation, and you know it, and you have it. And where you are, with, with it, you get to an age where you're no longer talking about how your parents are doing. You're talking about all the doctor's visits you had. I went to see this one. I went to see that one. I took this medicine, all these kinds of things. My father knows the time is not on his side. And last year, we knew that time was not on their side, and that's why we drove down when they were living in Atlanta for Thanksgiving. Now they live in Florida, at Boynton Beach. So that's, that's South Florida near Miami. Uh, that's, that's a long freaking drive. You fly that one. 
Am I supposed to tell my father? Am I supposed to tell, hey, hey dad, uh, look, I'd love to come see you, but, but you know, uh, Biden and, 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 and the kids and the craziness, uh, we, we, we can't go. Can't go. Can't get on the plane. The whole thing's crazy. Sorry. No, I got to find a way down there. I got to find a way. So now best of luck uh, getting going on the roads because, man, they're going to be full. But some people aren't going to be able to afford to do it. They don't have a car that will make the drive from Indianapolis, Indiana to Boynton Beach, Florida. Where are you going to find the hotel? Where are you going to find the this, that, or the other? The damage that's going to be done because the Biden administration doesn't give a good holy damn about science and is out of their mind with fear and a radical ignorance to what it is that America needs to do, which is go on with their lives. It's wrong, in my opinion, to force people on a plane to wear a mask. If only because masks don't work on COVID. Masks stop something, but they don't stop COVID. That doesn't mean you shouldn't be allowed to wear a mask. You go right ahead. We've been through this conversation. We understand where we're at. We understand it because we talk about it so often, so honestly, without fear and without agenda. And then we come across these new orders or these new thoughts from the Biden administration and you realize these people don't stop. They don't stop. They have one more reason and one more reason and one more reason to mess with your life. Because at this stage of the game, it's clear they are not providing any value. None. Forcing people to be vaccinated, forcing people to take these tests provides no value at all. We have been flying on planes for a year. The question is, have we been able to show through any data point that more people have gotten COVID on planes than not? This is Rand Paul. Rand Paul speaking about Dr. Anthony Fauci and that fantastic line, you know, he is science. Listen to Rand Paul discuss what the data is regarding students in schools and masks and teachers getting COVID. It's sort of a way of ending all debate because if you attack him or have any debate over any of his edicts or his mandates, you're attacking science. But this is a very, very dangerous sort of idea. The idea that a government bureaucrat represents science and that he is now untouchable, that it is sort of like you are now contradicting the all high priest of science if you say anything. But there are real questions and there's real areas of science that he's never never really debated because he deflects. One area is over 100 million Americans have had COVID. They have natural immunity. There's a real question about whether they should be vaccinated once, twice, or not at all. And the thing is, there's never been a debate because he's the all-powerful scientist. You're not to question him, just do as you're told. So with him, it's more about submission. But most of his edicts are not based in science. Whether kids should wear masks in school is a very debatable subject and ought to be debated. In Sweden, no kids wear masks. 1.8 million kids, they haven't worn masks in school at all for the last two years, and they haven't had any deaths. 
And you say, well, what about the teachers? Well, it turns out the teachers don't get COVID at a greater rate than the rest of the public. So it turns out maybe we don't have to have our kids in masks. Should we have a debate? No. Dr. Fauci says he is the all-powerful Oz, and we shouldn't question him. That's a real problem in a free country. It's a real problem in a free country. He's absolutely positively correct. It's a real problem in a free country when debate is not allowed. Only submission. When debate is actually, it, it's, it's, it's looked upon in poor favor. It's looked upon as a problem. Debate means you're a science denier. The people who require boosters are science deniers. I'm asking a question about boosters. And if you want to get one, you feel free. You go live your life. I don't get to decide for you. It is the idea of a mandated booster. Can you show me the data that shows that people who are boosted got less COVID, meaning got COVID less often, responded or, or, or recovered faster? And can you show me the number of days? Let's make an, 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 an argument. For lack of a better word, we'll call it an argument. And, he, and here, here, here's the argument. The person who has been vaccinated, whether it's Moderna or it's, it's uh, Johnson & Johnson or whether it's Pfizer, they get COVID, they're not hospitalized, they're down for three and a half days, they feel better. What is the amount of days that the down would have to be reduced by for you to get the booster? So, if you were down for three and a half days, but you felt better over those three and a half days, is that worth a booster to you? If you were down three days, two and a half days, two days, what is the data that shows the amount of time that is reduced in the downtime compared to just being vaccinated? And does that change with age? Does that change with sex? Does that change with race? Oh, I'm sorry. Do we not ask questions anymore in a civil society? What the bloody F? What is going on? I am I a scientist? I'm I'm asking you a question right now. I'm asking you a question there, producer. Sorry. Am I a scientist? Yes or no? Not to my knowledge. Then why do I sound so much like a doctor? I don't know. You, you listen too much Fauci, I guess. Tony Hauser, MD. That is me. Doogie Cats. Tell me I didn't just ask all the pertinent questions. It was good. And questions. there are maybe a hundred more of them. Maybe a hundred more of them, but these would be the rational ones. If you tell me at my age group, a booster doesn't actually give me less downtime, why am I taking it? I feel no need for that injection. If you tell me because of, uh, of my age, the downtime will be lessened by 22%, maybe I'll say, oh, that's worth it. Or maybe I say, oh, it's not worth it. And I'll make that decision, not some employer who doesn't know anything about my medical history. And shouldn't give a good holy damn. Get prepared not to see Mima, or find another way to get there. I'm Tony Katz. So what you're going to see in your social media feeds throughout the next couple of days are all the people there in front of the Supreme Court in favor of and opposed to abortion. 
as they argue the Mississippi state law and whether or not the state of Mississippi from 2018 can outlaw abortions after 15 weeks. And that's going to lead to the conversation about overturning Roe v. Wade. This ruling from the Supreme Court in 1973 that created out of whole cloth the law that says uh, abortion is legal in the United States and no state can say otherwise. Well, the states want to have a say and they're, they're pushing it. As we've discussed many times, the pro-life people, they have said they're going to push it. They believe what they believe and they are not going to be stopped and they're going to continue to do just this. I believe in the overturning of Roe v. Wade on the constitutional grounds. Some states will have legalized abortion, some states won't. That's the way it's going to go. The oral arguments are done. We'll have more on that. And speaking of the courts, has anybody noticed how many times Joe Biden has lost? It's a lot. I'm Tony Katz.